This is a test. For the next 60 seconds, this station will conduct a test of the emergency broadcast system. This is only a test. The following program is intended for mature audiences. Oh, you can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious! That ball was on the line. Shock flew up. Welcome to This Week in Tennis. My name is Phil Nasons, and I'm the host of this weekly radio show, heard daily on Max Sports channels and at the 405 Media, the talk alternative. And we're here to talk all about men's and women's professional tennis. Sometimes we talk junior tennis. Sometimes we just have a lot of fun. Joining me to do just that, once again, please welcome from CraigDoylePhotography.com, Craig Doyle is in the house. Craig, how are you doing? Welcome to the show. Yeah, I'm doing really well, Phil, and I'm uh, glad to be here this week again. I'm glad to have you here. Now, here's the deal. A couple weeks ago, we talked about Peter Bodo, and he thought that Maria Sharapova needed to beat Serena in a big one. Well, he got the opportunity to have a big one, and then maybe if she did beat Serena, she would be seen in a different light as a real champion at the top tier. Well, we already dispelled that myth, and the way she played against Serena this past fortnight or actually in the final was a beautiful thing to watch but once again Serena has nabbed another Grand Slam she continues her hold or her stranglehold on women's tennis she became the oldest woman's winner at the Australian Open in the open era her name is Serena Williams and she just picked up number 19 what do you think about Serena Maria and Peter Bodo's uh, predictions and his dreams, I should say. Uh, well, we said at the time it was uh, a little bit of a nonsensical article, um, given the achievements of both players, I guess, but uh, Sharapova in particular. Um, I watched the match that was in the morning for me, so I was fortunate enough to uh, sit and watch it over breakfast. And what happened is pretty much what's happened every time the two players have met. Um, Serena's got this huge serve uh, and when it's firing the first serve like it was today she becomes unstoppable because she wins almost every point on first serve in fact watching the match Sharapova was almost reduced to having to guess which way Serena's serve was going to go before the ball had left the racket in the hope of trying to catch it and bring it back into play so, so what really happened uh, was that she didn't win against Sharapova she the record against Williams has uh, gotten slightly worse. But it was a competitive match. It was a, a close match. Um, Serena winning on the, the tiebreaker in the second set. Sharapova having opportunities of her own to, to get back into the match. And, uh, it, you know, it is what it is. Williams has Sharapova's number. We've known that for a long time. But I, I don't think uh, that makes Sharapova any worse a player or any less... Oh, sorry, it, it doesn't lessen her status within the game, as Mr. Bodo suggests. Nope, certainly doesn't. But one thing this whole thing does suggest to me, and watching her during this fortnight, her being Serena Williams, is you can stop talking about who the greatest women's tennis player of all time is, because Serena, without a doubt, is the most dominant. She's killed everybody. Everybody. She killed that match against... Sybil Kova was just a frightening display of power. It was amazing. Then that match against Madison Keys 
was another one that was just frightening to watch. Maria Sharapova doesn't have a chance. No one does when Serena's playing like that. No one does. And Maria Sharapova is in that short list of ladies who've won a career Grand Slam in the Open Era. That's how dominant Serena is. Good grief. She killed her. Every time she needed a first serve, she got it. Every single time. It's that It was that way the entire tournament, Craig. It was just an unbelievable display of a lady who some people think should have retired who probably will dominate the tour, more than likely catch Steffi Graf for as long as she wants to. Yeah, I quite agree with that. It's fascinating how long she has been at this level. I mean, that is a sign of an absolute superstar to, to be on top of the game for so many years, to see off all these new threats from up-and-coming players. All these young guns are coming to the game, age you know, 19, 20. They've got the fitness. They've got everything, but they just don't have the power. They don't have the mentality, the... the just can't break Serena Williams down and the, you know a lot of it does come down to her mentality the amount of effort the amount of training she puts in uh, it's not a naturally given gift she, she's putting in a phenomenal effort to stay there because she wants to stay there she wants to be the best that's how much it means to her and uh, you know there's really no signs at the moment of anyone coming into the game that has the the tools required to beat Serena Williams. And I, I think it's not just going to be the fitness that's going to be required to beat her or the power, but it's going to be someone coming in with the uh, variety of shots to to beat Serena because you can't stand there and go toe-to-toe -to -toe with her power. There's so many girls come in and Sharapova trying to do it again today. It's to stand there and trade blows with her. You just can't do that. You hit it hard at Serena it'll come back twice as hard and it, it's tactically naive and you know the day will come but it won't it's not going to come for a few years yet where someone does uh take over at the top of the tour maybe uh that's when you know age catches up with serena but at the moment there's really no signs that she's going to slow down and you know if you were to ask me now will she win another slam this year i say she'll probably win another two she could go all the way. You never know because every time that she enters one of these slams, I always choose her to win. And I'm going to continue. It was a fantastic tournament for her. A great tournament, a great display. If you think USA Tennis is dead, it isn't. They showed that they could do it. And you know what? A big shout-out to Venus Williams. Venus had a very good tournament. What a good run for her, too. She just ran into Madison Keys. You know, it is what it is. And that's another girl who've played well this tournament. Madison Keys, you know, that coaching change with and her hiring Lindsay Davenport, it, it seems to have paid off. These, There were some really good matches, but then they all ran into buzzsaws, her name being Serena Williams, who cleaned everybody's clock, and that's the way it should be. You know, the and the thing is, is this, Maria Sharapova, hats off to her, what a tournament. She had a very dominating tennis tournament. But then she got dominated by the best player ever. It is what it is. What do you think? Now, there was a big story, a big to-do about Eugenie Bouchard, Craig. 
and apparently she gave one of those Casper Milk Toast uh, handshakes when she played Maria Sharapova. What do you make of all that? Do you think that was just a pre-designed thing? You think she just didn't like what happened and lost? Do you think she's a sore loser? Or you think people have blown it all out of proportion? Uh, a, a bit of a bit of those options, I guess. Um, you know, we've seen a little bit of the nasty side of Jeannie Bouchard. There's been some comments over the last 12 months since her rise up the rankings about having no friends on tour, about it being ruthless, everyone stabbing each other in the back. And, you know, she, she doesn't come over in a very positive light whenever I see comments coming from her. There's always a sort of dark cloud over her head. Uh, I think since her rise up the rankings, she really wants to be a, a top player. I think she actually believes already that she's a future Grand Slam winner. And you just get that little bit of nastiness out of her when she loses, almost as if you know she expects that she should have won these matches, and she's kind of shocked and a little bit hurt by the fact that she, she isn't getting to the Grand Slam finals. Um... You know, I, I just, yeah, there's, there's a little bit of something in there. I don't know if it's uh, worth following up on. You know, it's maybe not like the uh, arrogance we see out of someone like Sloane Stevens, another young lady who I, I think felt at the time that she was the, the next big thing and she was going to just walk, walk in there and win Grand Slams. Some of these younger players, are, it's almost as if they have a sense of entitlement that, you know, they want to be the now. It's their time, and that these uh, they don't have to show the, the respect to the veteran players who have been there, done it, won the titles. And uh, you know, I don't like to see that because it's not your time until you've actually won a big one. And you can ask the likes of uh, Sloane Stevens, etc., all about that because these girls, you know, they they come, they appear. You think they're going to get there, then they disappear down the rankings, and that's just the nature of things. There's no reason to have a, a bad attitude about it um, at any time, regardless of whether they win or lose. Yeah, you said a mouthful there, that entitlement thing. You know, I coached over in Europe for 12 years. I saw it all the time. I saw a lot of it coming from UK players, by the way. And then I saw some great ones, too, some great kids with great attitudes. I think it just depends on the kid. Entitlement? Think they should win? Yeah, they do. Sure they do. They wouldn't step out on the court if they didn't think they should win. But then reality sets in, and you see that she was outmanned. In this case, Eugenie Bouchard was just outgunned. She, there's no business for that nastiness at the net. The match is over. If she wants to be nasty in the mirror, that's a different issue. You know, Because to tell you the truth, I don't think that she, there was much she could do to win against Sharapova that day. I really don't believe that. You know, it was a close match, though. It was a close match. It was a tough one. Maybe a couple things didn't go her way that she thought should have gone her way. But in the end of the day, when you're getting beat three and two, you know, there's not a whole lot you can be angry about, except with yourself for not living up to the expectations that you've placed upon yourself. To take it out on your opponent afterwards is just bush league. It's immature, and it, there's no place for it in the game. And I'm sure there's a reason she doesn't have too many friends on tour. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe that is. You know, on the guy's side, you know, they can go out and have a beer together, usually. Ladies, you can't do that, I don't think. 
You know, they're also out there fighting for modeling contracts, too. Eugenie Bouchard's a cute girl. She wants those photo ops that Maria Sharapova gets now. But here's when you get them, when you win. All right, Anna Kornikova got a bunch. She didn't win. But Eugenie Bouchard ain't in that same level. I don't think that was her intention to begin with. I don't think it was Kornikova's intention to become a pinup model. It just is what it is. But Bouchard has some growing up to do. I think parting with her coach, Nick Saviano, had a lot to do with that growing up. You know, he could have probably helped more than maybe, say, the new coach that she has, whoever that is. I don't even know. I lose track, Craig. There's so many coaching changes. But you see it a lot in juniors, too. You see these kids, they're entitled. They act because they're 100 in the world in the ITF junior rankings that you should bow down and kiss their back or kiss their feet and carry their bags for them, and it's just not going to happen. I'm certainly not going to do it, and I don't think anyone who's ever been authentically in the game would do it either. But these kids act like that is the way it should be, and it's just not, and it's sad. And then you see these unfortunate incidents where this entitlement comes out. I don't think Eugenie Bouchard is the only one out there who feels that way, but it certainly was a bad time and bad timing for that to happen, Craig. Bad timing. But it is what it is, and, you know, it's part of the game. There's bad actors everywhere in every walk of society. The fact that she's out on center stage and it happened, well, it's kind of unfortunate. But, yeah, I think you're right. I think she does have that sense of entitlement. Perhaps she has a little bit of a chip on her shoulder. Maybe this loss helped to knock that off. I hope so, because that girl's going to win a Grand Slam. She's going to be the first lady to do that from the – Great country of Canada, Greg. And I'm sure, you know, she, she will do that. She's got a, a long career ahead of her. She's one of the hottest young things in tennis at the minute. She's established herself quite well in the rankings, and she's, you know, she's got all the opportunities ahead of her. It's um, just a shame that some of the, the PR opportunities for her haven't been managed particularly well. She's not helped herself there because... You know, part of part of the, the the sponsorships and modeling contracts and all the extras that come with the WTA tour, they're looking for the girl with the right personality as well. It's not always just about the look; it's about the personality, who they can put in front of the camera, who makes a great role model, etc., etc. And uh, you know, if if you can't behave yourself when you have a microphone put in front of you, or um, you're being interviewed on the court after the game, etc. Um, it's a big turnoff for the sponsors, um, and I think over the next few years, that's something she's going to have to add to her on and off court persona. And I'm pretty sure she will, because we know she's a young girl. She's got time to grow up, and I'm really sure that there are a lot of sponsors taking a look at her who would like her to endorse her products, uh, wear their products, etc. And I, I think she's got a big career coming up. Well, certainly, you know, there's a flip side to this, too. Sometimes they like bad girls, too. Especially girls that are cute and are bad girls. Maybe she's been told to do this. I think she's been, if she has been, I think that that's probably a bad strategy. But it is what it is. But this was a really good uh, lady side of things at the Australian Open. And if this is any indication of what's to come, we're going to have a great lady season this year. I'll tell you what, Craig, we're going to take a break, and when we return, we're going to take a look at the men's 
And we'll preview the men's final because we're recording this on Saturday, the 31st, rather than our normal Sunday time. And we'll be right back. You're listening to This Week in Tennis. The South Akron Youth Mentorship is exactly what the name implies. These folks mentor the youth of Akron, Ohio. If you would like to volunteer or perhaps help with a charitable donation, please visit saymentor.org and find out how you can help out today. That's saymentor.org. Maximum Sports Channels is more than just a radio station. Phil's Fantasy Sports Blog, The Writer's Garrett, up-to-the-minute news feeds, great sports and entertainment commentary, Maximum Sports TV, including professional powerboat racing, and, of course, the hottest music on the planet. Maximum Sports Channels. We're more than just a radio station. from Sweden and you're listening to This Week in Tennis with our friend Mr. Phil Nessens. Welcome back to This Week in Tennis. The men's side of things has been quite interesting and it was an unpredictable final unless you listen to this show and then you would have found out we got it right. And joining me is, once again, Craig Doyle. Craig, man, the men's side of things was quite interesting. It's definitely gone against what most people expected. A fortnight ago when we previewed this draw, I think a lot of people were talking up this this big semi-final match between Rafael Nadal and Roger Federer. On top of that, people were, you know, they, they, were, they were saying... It's almost a lock on that Federer is going to get to the final, potentially win his slam. Well, last week on the show, we pretty much covered why that didn't happen. So people were then expecting, well, you know, Nadal's still in. He's going to get to the final. And, and, you know, this week's proven that that's not happened. So to a lot of people, it's been a very, very surprising draw, especially in the bottom half where a lot of these so-called shocks have happened. I needed a lot of things to happen to get Andy Murray into the final, but he found his way there. Tomas Burdich beating Nadal was, uh, I told you, he's a great ball striker, and Nadal looked tired. He looked tired the entire tournament. And I I just kind of had a good feeling about that match, and uh, the bookies pretty much wanted to shut me down. They, They thought maybe I had inside information. Well, he did. You watched Nadal play him before the tournament, and he, you know, he doesn't look fit. He, I think, he'd only won one match or something coming into the tournament. He was kind of, he missed the off season, what with being injured last year, and he was trying to play catch up and get himself properly fit. But, you know, a week or two of fitness is not the same as playing five set, best of five set tennis matches. Um, he, he didn't look sharp. He, he he looks a little bit underweight, if anything. He just doesn't look like he's he's got that muscle definition he had before he uh, left the tour with that injury towards the end of last season. And um, you saw it in the early rounds. He was struggling against guys that you would expect Rafael Nadal to sweep aside when he's fully fit and on form. 
Yep, you're right. You know, someone pointed out, well, actually, the father of the last student I coached before I retired pointed it out that uh, Nadal probably wouldn't make it through week two because he just looked terrible. He looked tired. He looked out of shape. He looked winded. He looked like the heat got to him. And maybe that is the case. Maybe his knees hurt. Maybe he hasn't prepared the way he wanted to. Who knows? But one thing we do know is that Tomas Burdich made a statement in this tournament that he's not going to go away into the night quietly. He's going to go out there and he's going to compete. And he doesn't believe in a big four anymore. And, well, maybe he's right. Maybe it's time for someone new to come in, and maybe that person will be Tomas Burdich. Hard to say, but one thing we can say for sure, Andy Murray dispatched him in four sets pretty quickly. After that first set, it was really not much of a contest. Andy Murray has been playing great tennis, and I think he's about to, if he wins, and I think he's going to win this final against Novak Djokovic, he's going to shut up a lot of those critics of uh, him hiring Amelie Moresmo, like you, for example. <laughs> well, I think the difference this year has perhaps been not Maresmo so much, but last year when he had brought in Maresmo, there was a conflict between Maresmo and Thomas Berdych's new coach, Danny Valverde, and perhaps one of the other guys on Murray's team. They just all didn't seem to get along, and it's been unveiled by Murray over the last couple of weeks that he had to make the tough decision to stick by Maresmo as opposed to the others because these coaches just couldn't agree on the best route forward for Murray. And I think he's gone with what he knows best, which is himself. And he lets some of these guys go, such as Valverde, and I, I can't remember the name of the fitness trainer that he let go, but... And it's, it's been for the best. You know, he's serving a lot better. He's moving around a lot better. He, he actually looks a lot like the Andy Murray that we saw back in 2012-2013 as opposed to the post-injury 2014 Murray that didn't look like he was interested in winning anything at all. And he's not as surly as he was either. You know, I guess winning has a lot to do with that, but uh, he's probably in shape. He probably feels better. You know, those injuries, it's hard to heal from, and there's so much money out there. Plus, he's getting married. And, you know, there's an old saying, if mom's not happy, nobody's happy. So, Emily is now happy, and everybody else is happy. And it looks like it's a perfect fit. It really does. I don't see what he's doing differently than what he did when he was uh, winning Wimbledon. But what he is doing, he needs to continue, and I think he will. He looks really good. He looks fit. He looks excited to be on the court when last year he was drooping at this time. He didn't care. He just looked pathetic and washed up and disinterested, which is why I said what I said in the fall, that he doesn't. He looks like he doesn't care. And I think I was right. He didn't. He was just a mess. But now he's kicked those other guys to the curb, and he's listening to his coach probably because we're not really there. We don't know. And it all looks good. It certainly looks promising. I mean, if, he's de if he delivers this slam, that'll be three of the four slams on the calendar that he will have captured in his career. And I think he would probably say at that it's been a good career. 
I mean, he's going to go away being a, a double Grand Slam champion anyway, having already won Wimbledon, as you mentioned, and the US Open prior to that. So he's going to have had a good career, but it looks like he wants to maximize his career by, you know, he's 27, 28, something like that. He, he wants to uh, continue to play at a high level for another few years yet, and I'm sure he'll go away perhaps having won a few more slams for it. And that's a lot more positive than it looked back in September, October, where he seemed just happy to be hovering around the top 10 as a, an almost outsider who just wanted to travel around and be on the tour, I guess. Yep, you're right. And if he wins, big time, the UK will once again accept him as a member of the UK. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> he goes back to being Scottish again. But uh, it is what it is. No, I'm only kidding. But here's the thing. Well, maybe I'm not. But I think he, he's played well, and he deserves to be where he is, and he's worked hard for it. And on the other side of the token, Novak Djokovic is, has not had an easy time. That semi with Stan Wawrinka was tough. It was a tough one for him. He had to grind it out. You know, he hammered uh, young Milos, which we kind of thought. But Warinka took him to the distance, and then he buried him in the fifth set, six love. But he looked sloppy. He looked decent against Milos, but he looked sloppy against Warinka. A lot of it had to do with Warinka, probably. But at the end of the day, he's got to do so. If he plays like he did in the final against he did against Warinka in the semi, forget about it. Andy Murray blows him off the court. Yeah, that, that's that's probably the situation. I'm sure both guys are thinking the same of their opponents. Um, if the level drops, I'm going to have this. But um, well, Djokovic looked really, really good up until the semi-final. I think he'd only been broken once in five games or, or something like that. But uh, once once he got into that match against Wawrinka, you know, he's he's now playing against not just a top eight player, but he's playing against a guy who at, at the moment is is fourth in the rankings, the defending champion, a guy who's taken him to five sets previously here, twice previously here, and also defeated him last year. You know, that's a quality opponent. He didn't look quite as good as he did when he was playing against you know Giles Muller or. Um, Fernando Verdasco in the first week. It's a completely different game when you're able to pitch your skills against someone who can attack and defend on a level similar to yourself. And Djokovic found himself under a little bit of pressure. He didn't have things all his own way, and he certainly didn't have all the answers to Wawrinka's tennis. And I think he, he, he may be quite delighted that Wawrinka ran out of gas towards the... Um, start of the fifth set because had he not I don't think you know you wouldn't have been looking at a, a six love walkover in the fifth set it could have been a very different match if Wawrinka still had the energy left yeah I think so you know he had he being Djokovic he had a lot of breakpoint opportunities too he had 17 breakpoints where he won only seven of them if he he does that against Andy Murray Andy Murray's going to clean his clock you know he's got to capitalize on those but man that fifth set was, yeah, he, Stan Wawrinka just looked tired. I mean, it is what it is. But Djokovic looked sloppy in that match. You've made great points about his play beforehand. I, I can co-sign to that. But he doesn't look the same. The, I think the key today when he plays Andy Murray or later on today 
is he's going to need to knock out Murray quick because if he doesn't, Murray is going to bury him. He wants to get on top of him and, and get Andy Murray to shrug his shoulders, to drop his head, to uh, lose the confidence that he's played with the entire fortnight. If he can get inside Murray's head, Murray's not the uh, most cerebral tennis player out there. I think he's got a good shot. But on the same side of it, Murray needs to capitalize and get on him quick. He don't want to let Novak Djokovic hang around. We've seen Djokovic win matches in the fourth and fifth set how many times how many oh, times has he been one foot in the grave and the other foot on a banana peel and come somehow found his way out of it lots yeah he's got an unbelievable resilience um especially in situations where he seems to be in peril he, he can just turn a point around and from that point he can fire himself up get himself back in the match find a break suddenly find himself ahead in the next set and then you know he's so dangerous he's got such a great belief in himself so it's, it's going to be an interesting final it'll, it'll be interesting to see um certainly the first two sets will be very important if anyone gets a two sets to love lead i think it'll be over i i can't see at that quality level these guys play someone being able to, to turn that round um certainly i think the first set's going to be major uh, just just establishing is Murray going to serve as well as he has been all tournament because you know he's he's up in the high 60% in the last few matches with his first serve that's very very important to him given that a lot of guys are able to pick off his second serve and then with Djokovic is, is he going to be able to um, dominate the play from the back of the from the baseline or is he going to be forced back by the way Murray plays that's another thing to look out for it's going to be a, an exciting final one way or the other and, uh, you know, I'll be intrigued to, to see who wins and where they go from there. Um, it's certainly a, a victory is huge for Murray, but if, if Djokovic is to win in terms of the rankings, he pretty much uh, disappears over the hill and goes far away from everybody else, which would set things up nicely for him because he his goal this year will be to go to Roland Garros and win, win there, effectively where Nadal has been king for the best part of a decade. That's his aim this season, and uh, he, a win here will set him up nicely, give him that confidence that he needs to perhaps go on and get that final piece of the Grand Slam puzzle. Yep, I agree with you. Now, who do you have in this match? Because I'm going with Andy Murray in this match. I think he's just playing too well, and he's going to knock the daylights out of Novak Djokovic. Well, at the risk of jinxing it, um, I'm going to switch and I'm going to go with Murray. Uh, he's looked a lot more impressive this week than I thought he was going to look. I, I thought he might uh, he might struggle to get to the final with the way the likes of Berdych had been playing and having guys like Dimitrov and his path would, would wear him down, but he, he looks as fit as fit as ever, fitter than last year anyway. He's playing better than last year. He's serving better than last year. So I, I think I'll go Murray as well. Perfect. So, you know what? If if Sod's Law works, sorry, Andy. <laughs> that was great stuff today, Craig. Thanks so much for being on the show with me. We'll see you next week. Thank you very much for allowing me to join you again. All right. That was Craig Doyle. And you can find him over at CraigDoylePhotography.com. And that's going to wrap it up for this week's edition of This Week in Tennis. 
Remember that we are on every day at Max Sports Channels. We're also on every single day at the 405 Media, the Talk Alternative. If you'd like to bring this radio program to your station, just send me an email, phil at philnasonsshow.com. He's Craig Doyle. I'm Phil Nasons. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. 